I need a drink. Yep. I'm glad it's Wednesday. Yep. Done with that. <laughs> uh, I feel the same way. My boss has been really demanding as of late. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I bet it's a real bet. He's driving you hard. Yep. Yeah. He's, uh, uh, gosh, he's making me wake up at like eight o'clock. Uh, yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Probably being like, you don't even, he's like, probably saying you don't even have to change stay in your pajamas is this like a heart eight or <laughs> <laughs> do i have to like lie in bed if i need to like to stay there what is it <laughs> oh all right i see us hey i see us too there we are oh real quick real quick night, night everyone night <laughs> Ah, uh, better than a shard of glass in your foot. Welcome to Craft Computing, everyone. <laughs> Talking Heads, episode 199. That's right, one to go until 200. Your once weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found, or even the ones you don't like. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek, and tonight we'll probably get into some Star Trek. Probably. We do read all Super Chats on the air, so long as they won't demonetize my channel. And we do drink alcohol on the show. And if you are drinking with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we'll let you, or we'll give some early show shout outs as we go along. And if you want to take part in the super secret chat or the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Floatplane or Patreon. Links are both down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in the awesome and ever-growing community that hangs out over there. That's right. That is true. That is true. Yep. I know. Sometimes I find myself being like, ah, what's going on in Discord? Oh, and then you just kind of lose yourself in one of the channels chatting with someone. Totally. And uh, I, I mean, I also find myself remembering, I remember what this used to be like yeah. <laughs> two years ago. Like, yeah, it was a decent, small little channel of like 30 people. Now it's a lot of people. 700 users? Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> it's just never like... It used to be I could I could plop something down and you know one or two responses. Now it's plop something down and I accidentally put something in the middle of a conversation, a thread going. Yeah. Like, ah, darn yeah. it, didn't mean to do that. Yep. Uh John Jay is drinking a Trinity Brewhouse Belgian strawberry, twelve and a half percent. Ooh. Um, One of those days, huh? Yeah. Man, a lot of high hands coming yeah. right away. Well, William's going for a Surly Brewing 13. Yeah. Uh, a Maple Barrel Age Imperial Stout with Vanilla Bean and Lactose. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Mike's got himself uh, uh, Hukatsuru, uh, which is a uh, sake at 15.5%. Uh, we've got Novella Hub with a Firestone Walker 23rd Anniversary Ale, 11.5. Uh, AZ Motors drinking uh, Sailor Jerry and Coke. Uh, it's a Breckenridge Vanilla Porter tonight uh, from Magic Rat. Yeah, a lot of high ABVs in the chat this yeah. evening. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be a good show. 
<laughs> well, with the title of MacBooks and IPAs, I mean, that's just like right? inviting people to drink. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, it, it has kind of been one of those weeks. In fact, uh, I've got a double digit sitting on my, my table here <laughs> myself. But let's go ahead and crack open our first beers of the night. And uh, tonight I kind of felt like a Pilsner. Uh, oh. It's not often I do, but but uh, I felt like a Pilsner. Uh, this one has me kind of excited. Um, so I found a brewery just a couple of weeks ago called Forland Brew, or Forland Beer. They're out of McMinnville, Oregon, so pretty local to us. Uh, they've been cranking out some really good stuff as of late. I've had uh, a couple of their beers on the show, and I have not been let alone disappointed yet, but I have been like over the moon with some of the stuff that I've had from them. Uh, yeah, you were telling me that when I looked them up and I only had one of their beers and my review was, damn, that's good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so this one I'm uber excited about because Ex Novo is another one of those breweries that it's like, you never have a bad beer from them. No. Like, like ever. And, and it's always all, solid. all of their stuff is always solid, uh, solid to great. And yep. uh, so this is an Ex Novo and Forland beer collaboration. Uh, this is the About Time Pills, 4.9% uh, uh, collab between the two. Nice. So I'm going to give that a whirl. In my brand new 100% official craft computing pint that you can get over on craftcomputing.store. Oh, look at that. Drink like a pro, as as they say. <laughs> as the cool kids say. That's right. That's, that's what the people that know how to drink, that's what they say. Uh, John, what are you... So, uh, yeah, I am going to also be doing a collaboration beer. Um, I am going to be doing two uh, local Oregon greats, Block 15 and Great Notion. Oh, yes. Uh, this is Peach Punch in Your Eye. It is a peach and apricot IPA. Uh, I think this, yeah, 7%. So uh, I know they, they do this yearly, but every year they, they kind of tweak the recipe. Uh -huh. um, I know this year they also made like a jammy IPA of this, mm -hmm. which was kind of interesting, but this is just the regular one. Yeah. So uh, I am doing a beer trade with someone for some interesting beers in Texas and he requested uh, some local greats. Yep. And you can't get any better than block 15 and great notion. Exactly. Ah, fantastic glass. Um, pretty darn good Pilsner. Ooh. Wow. That's pretty, a pretty darn good. Um, not, it's not that usual like biscuity finish. It it's much thicker than that. Uh, oh, floaties. Yeah, I'm digging that. Very crisp. Very crisp. Was not expecting there was a little bit of floaties in this. <laughs> that's that's weird. I wonder how old this can is. Could be a fresh seven twenty eight. Yeah, those so, are uh, those are usually. Yeah, it's a month old, for, but uh, so there's fresh fruit in this. Yeah. Huh. Fermented dry hop with massive amounts of galaxy and mosaic. I mean, you taste the apricot. The apricot is so present in this. Nice. It's good. It's great I, beer. I, <laughs> I do like apricot. Yeah. Mm. So all around very, very good. Nice. And there we go. 
No, I usually like a Pilsner too, like not too much biscuity. If they're thicker, uh, a nice body on mm -hmm. a German beer is, I always find that very refreshing. Yes. And I found that more pleasing than a lawnmower beer version of it. Yes, I, I agree. Um, like we have like the uh, the all day IPA and, and, and beers like that that are just solid. I can drink them anytime, anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, this is kind of like the Pilsner version of that. Uh, I mean, it's it's 4.9%, so it's still clocking in right around that that same ABV. Yeah. Um, I think all day is a 4.7. Um, but a uh, little bit thicker bodied, little little wetter on, on the profile uh, in, instead of more drying like a Pilsner normally is. Yeah. And, and doesn't have that bready finish. Um, but this wonderful kind of sour mash style malt mixed with the hops right up front where it's not not overly sweet but very very refreshing i like it right yeah no i uh what is it i had a beer um yesterday and it was uh it was an ipa but it was a single hop and mm -hmm. my review on it was just the body was just so amazing yeah but it's usually when i'm i ever have european style beers you know a lager yep. pilsner uh my box or anything like that it's a lot of time in the Northwest, we thin the body out. Yeah. I think our water consistency is there's just an issue with it mm -hmm. versus getting a traditional one over in Europe, Germany, wherever. Uh, I think their water treatment is probably very weld-based, stone-based, yeah. you know, mineral-heavy, yeah. and that's giving it a good body. And uh, that's one thing that I always love about traditional mm -hmm. European, German, Pilsners, you know, hefts and everything like that the body that they do that right yeah it tastes amazing yeah yeah o over here uh, especially when you get towards the west coast um the the water is not hard at all it's it's yeah. not there's not a lot of minerals in our water uh and uh we've actually talked to a couple of brewers in the area uh there's one uh local to us vagabond that they have two breweries they have one in salem and one in portland they're 60 miles apart is all not even that they're 40 miles apart yeah and uh uh they brew different beers at different locations because they found if they tried to brew the same like they have a uh they have a uh they have a hef and uh they tried to brew the hef at both locations and they said the portland one turned out like crap and then they have an ipa and they tried to brew the ipa at the salem location and that turned out like crap because yep. the water is so very the, the different treat, the between treatment the two. yeah and yeah. For if you're not a big major brewery and have that amount of money, you're like, I'm gonna go send this water in and test the levels that I need, and mm -hmm. then you gotta throw those chemicals in there, and that's more money. Mm -hmm. um, so it's 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 a big big thing to do, a lot of money. So a lot of people just work with the water that they have. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some water treatment, but you know, very basic amounts, and that's the problem though is. Like you said, if they, they can't do the same water-based treatment in Salem that they can up in Portland. Right. You know, it's just that much different. So, yep. Um, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if it, they went from Salem to Silverton. Yeah. You know, even closer. Yeah. Like 14 miles apart. They're like, nope, still got to do it different. Yep. No, uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Uh, in fact, that might be a great question for, uh, for Ratchet Brew if they had to tweak some of the recipes when they moved over there. Yeah. That would be an interesting thing. Yeah. I know they do. I well, I know when I was talking with 
Dan, mm-hmm. uh, he had a lot of big troubles the first couple of rounds because he was still also just adjusting uh, mm-hmm. because he bought that much bigger system. Yeah. And so there's even just that complication of scaling the, your recipe up. And if you want those flavors to go, it's not necessarily like baking of, hey, I want to increase this recipe. Well, one cup of sugar now equals five cups of sugar. Yeah. No, that that flavor that malt that temperature it actually comes out a little bit different and so you have to tweak it and adjust it uh, it takes longer for that liquid to cool down for however mm-hmm. however your system is to cooling it down might be even faster um you're looking for more efficiency less efficiency don't know well obviously you're always looking for more efficiency but yeah he told me the first couple of batches i know of him doing some of his staple beers mm-hmm. came out different and he was like yeah they just don't taste good yeah or taste the quality that they wanted um he was literally giving uh cases of it away to me i helped him like i took like a a picture actually i think i went one time and i just reset his router by plugging and he's like yeah here take a whole case yeah this isn't good (laughs) like i can't sell this i'll take the deuce too that's all right that's whatever it was a little a little more um earthy than i like or than usually is but i was like ah Free, free six percent IPA and a case of it for plugging it in, plugging it, up, turning it on go. and off. Yep, works I, for I'll me. Take that price, yeah, <laughs> works for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, water, water is weird. Water is one of those oft-forgotten parts about the brewing process that has a major, major impact on the end result. Water is not just water. Yeah. Water is everything that's inside the water. It's it's chlorine levels from your local treatment plant. It's the mineral content. It's how long it sat, how long it heated, how how fast it cooled. It, everything makes a difference. Yep. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the news. Starting with, there's been a leak about the upcoming uh, revision of the MacBook Pro, the larger MacBook Pro. Uh now we all know that Apple has been steadily moving over to, uh, their all of their models over to their their own silicon uh, over over to Apple Silicon, um, and it's been rumored that the more powerful MacBook Pro will be coming out sometime in the fall. Well, the rumors are kind of ramping up, and we are getting some pretty definitive spec sheets on what is expected to come out from Apple this fall. Uh, so the new MacBook Pro will come in at a 14 inch and a 16 inch size, uh, and we'll start at $1,799. <laughs> well, you laugh, but, but hold on, hold on, because I spent $1,299 on my MacBook Pro just this last December, hands down the best laptop I've ever bought. And I've gone through a lot. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, I, was that the ironic cough? <laughs> no, no, that was not the ironic cough. That's the Jeff woke up with a sore throat this morning and it's no better right now. Uh, but uh, anyway, starting at $1,799 is the 14-inch MacBook Pro uh, with an M1X chip. So this is a uh, second revision of their first-generation silicon. This is not, not an all-new chip. This is the yeah. same architecture, just slightly scaled up. Uh <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> hold on. <coughs> ah, my mute button doesn't work anymore. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
Uh, so 14 inch and 16 inch MacBook Pros are very likely in 2021. Uh, the M1X may also land in a revised Mac mini. And depending on those specs, that may be an instant buy for me. Uh, because I also bought a Mac mini that I've been using for my 3D printing work uh, for both CAD design and controlling the printer. And while it's a phenomenal computer, especially because I got it for 500 bucks uh, with the, the M1 processor and eight gigs of RAM, um, I would like some more memory in it and I would like a little bit faster video. And, and I'd love to see what it can do in gaming, uh, especially because emulating Windows or rather virtualizing Windows, especially with uh, Windows 11 having a full fat ARM64 uh, kernel available means that you could potentially run a virtual machine with full speed, including full speed graphics on your Mac mini for a pretty reasonable price. Uh, so that's really, really intriguing to me. And that machine's been phenomenal for what I'm asking of it. Uh, I've got it hooked up to a 27 inch 4K display. It doesn't lag, it doesn't hesitate, it just works. It really does just work. Uh, anyway, new specs are going to be reported at 16 gigs and, th sorry, 16 gigs of RAM standard. Apple, yep. thank you. Finally, for once, not under-specking your, your lower-end models, although the MacBook Pro 13-inch is still under-specced with only 8 gigs of RAM uh, instead of 16 as a as standard. Uh 8 gigs certainly can get the job done, but man, if no. you're going to call something a pro product, it's got to have 16. It's got to have 16. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, 16 gigs of RAM and 16 core GPU, which is double the GPU core count from the standard M1. Uh, they will also offer a 32 core GPU uh, with both 16 and 32 gigs of RAM. Uh, that's a substantial Great. upgrade. Yeah, you can go for the really big boy. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, 16 gigs of RAM and a 32-core GPU, we might be talking like GTX 1070-level performance uh, because the 8-core GPU was somewhere around a 1050 Ti. And if it scales and if it works, that might be an impressive machine. If it scales, but then how much is that uh, 32 gig or 16 core 32 gigs of RAM? Uh, that's a great question. Yes, because this <laughs> is really that 1799 is starting. For, mm -hmm. Wait, that was the wasn't that the starting for the Pro? Starting price is 1799, so that's going to yeah. be 16 gigs and 16 core. Core. We don't know about any uh, uh, higher price options, um, but. Uh, you know, $2,000 is certainly not out of the conversation for the starting price of the 16-inch because they had a couple of years where it was $1,899 for their 15-inch their laptop. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is a, I mean, you are looking for the laptop, but then I'm also wondering with all that, uh, well, I'd, like, I'd love to see what the power consumption on... Because I know when we reviewed the first use of their CPUs, the power consumption were fantastic. Uh, I think they were... 75 watts? Yeah. Yeah, the M1 chip itself is limited to 35 watts. Yeah, 35. I know. I was like, I remember it being extremely low. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, and thus making that battery just last forever or in laptop terms anyways for the quality mm -hmm. of what you're getting i'm i would be curious to see what the uh 16 core 32 gig and 30 32 core 32 gig um <clears throat> battery life would be and the price on them i'm betting mm -hmm. I, w I wouldn't be surprised if the, the higher end the 32 32 b goes for 2500 I'm not shocked. Say, like I was, I was going to say like twenty eight, like twenty seven ninety nine. Uh, you know, uh, some of the laptops that I bought from Apple when we when we spec them out, they were easily twenty eight hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, a couple laptops that that I bought personally were twenty eight hundred dollars. Depending on what you do, it's actually not a bad price point mm -hmm. if that is your workforce, right? Uh, which it could be mm -hmm. um, with that spec. Um, and you, yeah, that's about what you pay for a tower, maybe, you know, a little bit less for a tower, but now you're also paying for portability. Yeah. Um, and, and what's funny is, is everyone always rags on Apple for being the most expensive thing ever. Go and price yourself out a, a, a Dell XPS, a high-end Dell XPS laptop and go, pardon the expression, but apples to apples with a lot of the components. Yeah, uh, no. You'd be shocked That's... at how competitive Apple is if you don't put garbage in there. And and you can't say, well, this one has a full aluminum enclosure, but we really don't need that. So we're going to just... No, you, you price apples for apples because if you're paying for the Apple laptop, that's what you're going to be receiving. Uh, same thing with... Uh, now, I can't defend the current Mac Pro, but because that's just astronomical and hilariously bad. Uh, but back in like 2012, when, uh, or let's say 2009 uh, with the Mac Pro, uh, it was a uh, Nehalem-based CPU or Westmere-based CPU, so X58 chipset, which was the high-end chipset at the time. Uh, you can get it in either 4-core, 6-core, or 12-core configurations, 12-core being a dual CPU uh, chip uh, or dual CPU configuration. Uh, if you spec that thing out, it was like $4,000 and people lost their minds over that who don't understand high-end workstations because you go to Dell and you price out a precision, you know, desktop or you go to HP and you get one of their Omen workstations or something. Guess what? Yeah. It was about nope. four grand for the same hardware if you went spec for spec. Um, yeah, the current Mac Pro is designed for people who edit extremely high-res footage in Final Cut on Mac OS. And yes, that's exactly right. That's why they have yeah. their decoder card. That's why they have their uh, their Vega Pro with uh, up to like 48 gigs of VRAM. It, it's for people who are editing 8K raw footage and scrubbing multiple timelines at the same time. That's yeah, what that's, that's for. It is. It, it's the... It's the photogenic workman station it's portability mm -hmm. that's the thing though is when you're on a shoot you can do it right then and there like as you're having lunch you <laughs> right. can watch your stuff you're doing high-res photography you can sit there and edit it while you're having a beer um that time is uh, the expression of time is money is true and in any job and if you can sit there and be like i can edit my videos or edit photos or anything like that while i'm having uh my lunch or anything or while i'm sitting on a bus wherever doing music i mean yeah i was going to ding apple for this but then i thought for those exact reasons mm -hmm. no app this is actually pretty 
it's not unreasonable. Right. It really isn't unreasonable. Right. Um, you are paying you know, you, that hair for a premium, but you're getting that luxury mm-hmm. of it's portable and probably going to be very reliant, especially with the last series uh, that we saw, which is a great CPU, great GPU that's coming out. Yep. Um, I, I can't complain. Now, if this was a couple of years ago, maybe, but when they were still <laughs> with Intel, and I think they were a little bit overpriced then. But yeah, the, the most recent Mac Pro, uh, like I said, I, I am so underwhelmed by that machine. Uh, now, it's a beautiful piece of hardware. You, you yeah. can't argue with that. Uh, but using the, the Intel Enthusiast 30, uh, 3647 socket, uh, at, but starting it at an 8-core, when yeah. did they not know the Ryzen 1700 existed at that time? Did, did, they, did they not know that you know, you're being beaten by desktop chips as far as core-for-core core performance? Uh, it made it a terrible deal. Uh, but if you went out and you priced out that exact CPU and a high-end motherboard and the same memory that they're putting in, not the memory that they sell you as an upgrade, but the the stock 32 gigs that it came with, uh, you go out and you price yourself out a 16 gig, uh, you know, Vega uh, anniversary card and things like that because that's the PC equivalent. You get up there pretty quick. Uh, you really yeah. do. Uh, it still wasn't six thousand dollars, but no. <laughs> you know. But yeah, no, it, yeah. It, like I said, the, the last generation, this latest generation of uh, Mac CPUs, their CPUs and GPUs, everything's looking or in, internally built ones. Uh, everything's looking very, very promising mm-hmm. for Mac users. I, it's still too much for for me personally that I would do. Um, Plus, I don't have the portability, so I don't need it. But mm-hmm. I could easily find myself of a friend saying, hey, I do this for a job. What do you recommend? Because I think every host on here probably has those friends that say, hey, you're, you're my computer guy. Right. Uh, what, what do you, you, know, what do you <laughs> recommend? Well, what do you do? That's you know, one of the first, what do you need it for? That's usually the first question you always ask. And I might say, like, well, do you know Apple? Well, here's this, and you might want to consider it. So, if, if, if these are cool, true, it's not too bad. Now, if it's, they go completely ridiculous on the prices for those really high up ones, then that's that's different. Now, we're speculating yeah. on the prices that we think. Yeah, and, and we do know that Apple does charge a premium for build-to-order upgrades. Uh, yeah. I mean, they they basically beat you in the face when they when they charge you for memory and cpu upgrades uh not only do they not give you a discount for taking out the parts that you're not purchasing so like let's say you get 16 gigs of ram and then you need to upgrade to 32 gigs and it's 300 dollars uh well hold on the 16 gigs is still 100 bucks don't i get credit for that no (laughs) no 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 yeah yeah it's not it's not build your own this is the base Mm -hmm. you take anything out uh, it's still that cost, yeah. <laughs> you know. Sorry. Yep. I know. I know. You're almost better off buying the base model, although you can't do take it apart and add your own stuff to it because you know Apple has the uh, Magnuson but, Moss Warranty Act begs to differ. I know. I know. I know. But uh, <laughs> uh, to just go buy those parts and then be like, I'm gonna go sell my old parts online, get a little <laughs> kickback. Yep. 
yeah, no, I, I actually uh, made that comment earlier today on Twitter because I'm going to be uh, taking apart my RTX 3090 because the memory is overheating on it. It's, it's idling close to 90 degrees Celsius, and whenever I do anything on it, it's hitting 110 and throttling on me. Um, hey. Yeah, and it's like, well, that's not good. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just going to repaste it because I can do that in an afternoon and put it back in my machine because I actually do need more than 10 or 12 gigs of video memory for editing some of my footage. I, I edit uh, sometimes ProRes RAW, but usually ProRes... Uh, 422 and it it's bandwidth heavy it's it's intensive it needs that memory and uh right now i've got a i've, I've got a 3070 in my rig right now because i finally pulled it uh when i realized it was overheating but i guess the 3090 has been an issue with with memory overheating for a while uh so i'm hoping a, a really good set of thermal pads will will fix that uh and we'll see <laughs> We'll, we'll see. see. Yep, I know. I thought. Yeah, I think I remember hearing early complaints of overheating mm -hmm. on the 3090. Yeah, I, I remember a couple things here and there, but there was nothing like detrimental over, or, yeah. or overly alarming uh, when I heard it. Uh, but then all of a sudden, uh, Wendell over at Level One, his 3090 reference card uh, died this last week, and oh. I got looking at mine, and mine's overheating too. And I went, oh crap! And I put, po I posted that on Twitter, and immediately I had five or six or seven other people say, I also have a 3090 Founders card, and either I'm having similar issues or I haven't checked. I need to go look at that. Uh, so I'm curious to see once I do the thermal mod what what the results are, and uh, if it makes a difference because. While I was going to do a custom water cooling loop in this case, uh, I didn't want to water cool the 3090 because sometimes I will be using that chip for benchmarking other cards or doing other things. It's it's not just my editing rig. Uh, and so I wanted that modularity to be able to swap out parts. Uh, but I may have to end up water cooling both sides of my RTX 3090 just to yeah. be able to run the dang thing. Now, if you're like me, you like tinkering with stuff. But if you're not like me, and you've ever wanted to run your own servers, then uh, maybe you should think about today's video sponsor, Linode. A lot of people watch my episodes for uh, servers and, and hardware and things like that, but not everyone has the room, money, or power and cooling requirements to host their own servers. So why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software from most of the tutorials you see on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateway, own cloud-based Plex server, and more. Linode makes it simple to deploy and manage your own cloud services, with solutions ranging from a single shared CPU to massive multi-core virtual machines. They even offer dedicated RTX 6000 GPUs for graphic rendering or machine learning tasks. With CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Nope. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing to get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing, and thanks again to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you, Linode. Thank you. I can drink I for another day.
Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking of uh, custom water looping, and because <laughs> we you you did that um, the whiskey one. And we yeah. always talked about beer and who who did the beer one? Um, uh, Jay's two cents did a Bud Jay's, Light. Jay's, yeah, yeah, yeah put, he, put, uh, put Bud Light in the, uh, yeah, that's not in beer. the Post but, Malone. Yeah, but uh, you know, you know those um, looping uh, fountains, those those uh, phantom fountains that they have. Uh, you mm-hmm. need, like they're like tap. You need to somehow transform that into a water cooler. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a, a pint or you know mug of beer. And then a fake tap, and there's a loop going through it that looks like it's always pouring into the beer, the mug. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am working on uh, not just a, a custom water cooling loop for my editing rig, but a full-on case mod for it. Because it's been, it's been a couple of years since I've done a case mod. It's been since QuakeCon 2018, I want to say. Yeah. Um, was it 18 or 19? 18. It was 18. 18. Yeah, 2018. So I've, I've kind of had this itch for a while and I've had this idea in my mind of a case mod that I've wanted to do. Um, and when I built my editing rig, I kind of had this case mod in mind, but I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to pull it off. Um, I've almost got it pulled off. Oh, <laughs> oh it's it's looking sharp. Uh, no. I'm not sharing any details yet. Uh, I, I want the video to be an absolute surprise. So, uh, but trust me, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Bitwit Kyle just did a PC loop filled with Jaeger. I did see that. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I did. I did. I did a whiskey loop. Uh, I, I did benchmark number eight, which is yeah. a Buffalo Trace budget whiskey. Uh, Horrible thing. Horrible whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty awful. And what's really funny is is this is this is how whiskey snobs turn off a lot of the community is they'll look at lists of production lists and they'll go, oh, benchmark number eight. That's probably a great entry-level whiskey to try because Buffalo Trace makes that one. That's their budget line. I don't know if they've never tried benchmark number eight, but it's hard to think of some worse whiskeys out there. Well, uh, that's, so, that's so funny. Is My brother uh, from Colorado came, It was I think it was last year or something like that, came over one time for a visit and or to actually be like two years ago now um and he was like oh yeah my neighbor's this huge whiskey aficionado you know he's always got all these really old whiskeys and everything but he he came to me and told me like hey here's my favorite whiskey on a budget and it's like you know what it is and i pointed out i said well you know what the worst whiskey i've ever or bourbon i've ever had was this one called benchmark like yeah that's the one that's the best one i was like no it's horrible it's nine dollars it is oh horrible horrible it's like i will take seagram seven any day of the week yes of that. Uh, I'll, I'll even take most of the uh the evan williams like i'll take it uh, you know i'll take evan black proof. not a bad not a bad whiskey uh evan bottled and bond evan williams bottled and bond white label oh yeah surprisingly solid I, really, I really mind, solid. I, I don't mind the hundred proof one if I want to get you know a little bit, and but then you know have that little mm-hmm. little amount get me there a little bit faster. So I'll, I'll if I'm on a budget too, I'll do the hundred proof of theirs. It's okay. Yep. It's not the in greatest, fact, but it's okay. in fact, I have a bottle of uh, of Evan one hundred up on the shelf, the bottled and bond. Yeah. Yep. Um, but no, benchmark number eight. 
stop saying it's a great budget whiskey. There are so no. many other good budget whiskeys out there that are actually whiskeys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that thing is dyed so heavily. Yeah. I'm sure. I wonder if I, I wonder if I could like distill it and see how much dye is left over. Oh wow, that'd be an interesting one. That'd be an interesting one. Just to <laughs> clear it. You got what nine day? bucks for a video, don't you? I do. I got nine bucks. I'll, I'll take that. What's better, this or or Paps whiskey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you tell a difference? Oh my gosh, they're the same thing. Yeah, both are AIDS. Although I did get a new whiskey. <laughs> It 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 was interesting. Um, where is it? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll talk about it in the after show. Uh, I'll, I'll show it in the after. But uh, so the Paps whiskey is aged eight seconds. Yeah. Uh, this one was only aged for I think it said twelve hours. So does it at it least won- have color this time? So yes. Yeah, <laughs> the interesting the thing is it's aged twelve hours in charred oak. Okay. But then aged. Uh, I think six months in white oak. Okay. In in new white oak? In new white oak. Okay. So it's a, it's an interesting flavor. <laughs> it's it, you know how new white oak kind of gives a drying yeah. characteristic? Yeah. It it's that, but it's the, it's very wine like. It's very wine like, yeah. but but these must have been freshly charred barrels because there is so much smokiness to it. Yeah. And it's like, this is like half PD, like I would say half, like quarter PD scotch. Yeah. 75% drying white oak wine, almost. It's very interesting. It's, it's maybe good, <laughs> but then it also has a very high ABV aroma, so it's not yeah. smooth. Okay. So, but if you want to know more about that, join the uh, Patreon for the super secret chat afterwards. That's right. Get some behind the scenes, both of craft computing and hops and brews. That's right. And uh, these and rich places. You don't even have to get on John's OnlyFans for that. That's right. <laughs> that was a that was a close call, I'll tell you what, last week <laughs> for me. I was I was like about to cash in Sweat and bullets. And I was like, there goes my income. <sighs> <laughs> I will never financially recover from this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep, John sure was worried about his uh, supplemental income there. Right. <laughs> okay, let's see. What else do we have on the agenda for tonight? Oh, right. Uh, oh, yeah. HP, Hewlett Packard Enterprise, warns of a bug in pseudo that uh, gives attackers root privileges on pretty much any device in their Aruba platform. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, user elevation is never a bug that you want to see come across, let alone uh, one that's rated high severity or applies to all products. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty much the story. Uh, It is CVE 2021-3156. It was was first reported back in January, uh, but... uh, it has finally been disclosed as far as what the the bug actually is. Uh, and researchers believe it has impacted millions of endpoint devices and systems. Uh, I have deployed a number of different Aruba 
uh, hardware. Uh, a lot of my facilities that I maintained, a lot of them were, were Aruba OS uh, on the switching side of things, both at the core and at the, uh, the endpoints. Um, I never did too much with Aruba wireless deployments, but I did do a couple of small systems with them. Um, yeah, hopefully this uh, is a bug that is pretty easily patched, although considering it was uh, posted all the way back in January, I have my doubts that this is an easy one to patch out. Well, yeah, January and then nine months later, hey, here we go. You know, it's probably, we're going to have a patch in 30 days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's been vulnerable for 10 months since we've known it and probably for years because we never looked into it. Right. It was first disclosed in January, which yeah. means it's had impact far before that, or at least potential impact before that. Um. So the vulnerability is named Baron Samdit. Uh, and uh, it was introduced into the pseudocode in July 2011. So it's a 10-year-old exploit. I did not see that part, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for 10 years, it was... Now, didn't it say, though, you needed, you needed uh, physical access? You do need physical access. Uh, yeah. So, well, you need to be on the network. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, either physical access. Physical access usually trumps all anyway. Uh, if you have physical access, you can usually get access. Um, but, yeah, uh, if you are physically on the network or even VPN'd in, if you have an IP address and you can communicate with this switch, uh you can exploit this. Uh, is this Aruba unrelated to the requisition software? Yes, this is uh, HP Aruba. Aruba used to be uh, their own networking company, and they were purchased by HP, I want to say back in 2013 or 14. Yeah. Right um, around when that bug was introduced. <laughs> yeah, no. It had nothing to do with that. No, uh, <laughs> no, uh, this was around the same, I think it was just before the HP and HP Enterprise uh, split. Uh, so I, I think this was right around 2014 uh, is, is when HP purchased Aruba Networks. Uh, so no, this is not Aruba, the requisition software. This is Aruba Networks, the switching company. Uh, don't Aruba Wireless is terrible. Um, I kind of gathered as much. I, I, I wasn't happy with their their feature set i wasn't happy with their controller layout i wasn't happy with their licensing i wasn't happy with much when when i was researching aruba i had a couple clients still choose them and and i happily deployed them but uh yeah it's not uh not one that i recommended (laughs) all that much aruba acquisition was quarter two 2014 nailed it Uh, uh, just got here. Are y'all drunk yet? No, I'm drinking a 4.9% Pilsner. Although wait about another 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just waiting for you. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, I'm almost done with this one. So yeah, I got, uh, I mean, I could chug it down. I got two decent drinks out of mine. I got, I got one drink left. So, uh, I got one big one or two small ones. 
Yeah. Uh, if you have an HP Aruba switch, um, make sure that you're locking down all of your uh, credentials and potential logins. Don't let anyone log into a shell. Uh, so uh, Aruba GUI is so horrible, it's better to use CLI. Yes, it is. Uh, in fact, uh, I had a network guy who handled most of our our uh, Aruba stuff. Um, mainly, I, I did a lot of ProCurve. Uh, and when we started going Aruba, both at our core... Uh, so a couple of our core switches were still pro curve, and so I did a lot of the the, uh, the core configurations. And then I had a network guy who knew everything inside and out, and he did the Aruba CLI configurations, <laughs> just because like I don't want to learn something new. Uh, I'm I'm getting too old for this crap. <laughs> I'll just tell you what to do. That's what made me a manager. <laughs> Uh, uh, GI Pilot drinking a Modern Times Fruitlands 4.8%. I've not had that one. I was gonna say, I was like, I, I was about to look that one up. I don't know if I've had that one either. I've had a lot of Modern Times. Uh, Delta Overtime finished a 10% uh, double IPA. So, or oh, I've had that. Yeah, I've had that one. It's a sour. Okay, yeah. When it said 4.8, I was like, Fruitlands. I'm like, that does not sound like a lager or a pilsner. Oh, it's a sour. So. Uh, John, you want to finish yours so we can open our, our next beers? and Sure. <laughs> before we get into the beer news. Mm. There we go. Delicious. All right. Nice. Uh, do you want to intro yours first, or do you want I, to... I, how about I can do... Uh, well... I gotta go. Go go get yours. Let, out let of the me fridge. go grab mine. Yeah. Obviously, if you'd like to hear me uh, shuffle through the beer fridge, as always. All right, I, I can All do right. that. So hang on, everyone can. There's there's nothing better than listening to John move like twelve beers that you really want in your fridge out of the way so he can get to the beer that he wants to drink. Uh, I told him what I was drinking earlier and I told him the year that it was and he goes, well, there's the 2018 there's the 2017 hold on, I think I have one here <laughs> hey, he's back, alright I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. I didn't say anything I figured as much, you're, you're too classy of a guy Jeff. I, I am, I, I am so classy okay, so I thought about having a big beer today and uh, I'm going to be having 903's Oak Age Coffee Coconut Sasquatch. It is a imperial coffee, uh, let's see, imperial chocolate milk stout, oak aged in coffee beans and coconut. Nice. I think this is 2020, something like that. I don't see a date on this. I think I bought it last year. Very cool. Level, right? uh, yeah. My beer came in a box. Like boxed wine? Uh, no, like individually boxed. Like boxed wine? No, <laughs> like there's a bottle inside the box. Like boxed wine? <laughs> oh, I didn't see the screen. That was pouring. Wait, what is that? Oh, you. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Firestone Walker 2016 Hell Dorado. 
Uh, this is an 11.8% uh, blonde barley wine. Uh, and I believe it's barrel-aged as well. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Yeah, barrel-aged blonde barley wine ale. Uh, yeah, clocking in at 11.8%. Uh, they only produced 4,000 cases. Uh, yeah, it it's a good bottle. It's a very yeah. Good no, I I I'm almost positive. I'm I I almost positive I have one. It'd be in the, the far back and taking a second to dig it out without breaking bottles. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I still have some Firestone for you, but they're the smaller bottles. But yeah, that hell, that was the Helderado, right? Yes, Helderado. Oh, it's a great barley wine. Did I have the 2016? This smells weird. It smells like alcohol. This does decent. not. Tastes decent. Sweet, though. A little too sweet. Wow, that is sweet. <laughs> Eldorado. Eldorado. Oh, I have had it before. Cool. So I'm not as jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a barley wine at 11.8%. That's a thing of beauty right there. <laughs> that is that gorgeous. Is a thing of beauty. That looks like I had it at Pizza. That's just boring. Oh, wow. When did I have it? Wow. Has it how, how did it age is the question. That is... Super light bodied, super, super light bodied. Like you taste it right up front. Hold on. When I moved my hand, it was like gone. It was like just bubbles on my tongue. Uh, like over carbonated? No, not over carbonated. Just like marshmallowy lightness. Okay. Okay. Um, airy, yeah. Yeah, very airy. Very, very, very light bodied. Um, I remember Helderado being a very good beer. It's very good. Um, it's not what you were expecting. Not quite what I was expecting. Right. Uh, I, I wanted this one to be a little heavier. Uh, I, I wanted, like,. Although, although, does this now make it even more dangerous? Because you're going to be this able is to an take incredibly, incredibly dangerous beer. So like, if it is twelve percent, it it uh, is twelve percent. Yeah, so it's a light beer. You're like, oh, this is the body of a. Compare how what was thicker, your pilsner or that? The pilsner may have been. Thicker. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's kind so of what I'm gonna, saying. Is you're, you're going to take these big chugs instead of sipping it like mine, right? No, uh, yeah, the Pilsner may have been a thicker-bodied beer. Uh, <laughs> is kind of what I'm saying. That's dangerous. Although sometimes I, I, I do enjoy that, but I, I, I usually crack open a barley wine because I wanted to sip on it. Yeah. I wanted to be slow. I yeah. wanted to enjoy it. It's, it's the cognac of beers, essentially. You right. know, it's, it's very, very light on the tongue. It's very mm. light, like it it, it floats over your tongue, kind of kind of feeling. Um, 
it's definitely sweet. It's uh, almost like a vanilla bean kind of sweetness to it. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's interesting. So it's uh, Imperial Milk Stout. Uh, so that means there's obviously a lot of lactose in this that's sweet. Um, I, yep. I, I think it's too sweet, honestly, for what it is. It's so sweet, it's hiding the coffee and the coconut. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I really wish it didn't have that. It's, it's, a, don't give, it's still a good beer, but it's like, you know, oh, this is a dessert beer. This is a, I don't want that IPA with this beer. I just wanted that beer instead. It's, it's, this is, I'm going to be slowing this one down a bit. Yep. Uh, we do have a su couple super chats to get to. Oh, yeah. uh, Mo Zamboni, number one. I love that name. Uh, $5 donation. Thank you so much. Uh, ordered a GTX 970 off eBay with green artifacts and crashes under load. Any advice on how to bring it back to life? Hashtag e-waste sucks. Um, artifacting can usually be a memory issue. Um what I would do, I would tear the card apart. So tear the cooler off of it, do a complete repaste and repad. Um, and put it back together. See if it works. If it doesn't quite work, maybe undervolt it or underclock it ever so slightly and see if you can get it stable. And at that point, you might be able to call it good. Um, and if you can kind of get it working at that point at a... You know, I think a 970 ran at, what, 1100 megahertz, 1050, something like that. Um, if you can get it stable at like 975, uh, you can get the Maxwell BIOS editor and just cap it at 975. Uh, and then you have a fully working card that you don't have to worry about MSI Afterburner being on to undervolt and underclock and all that kind of stuff. Um, or if the memory is just overheating, then you can underclock your memory or maybe just the cooling will help it. Uh, maybe it doesn't artifact for 10 minutes and then all of a sudden it artifacts. That that does happen. Um, so I would say uh, fix the cooling first because cooling is probably the number one suspect there uh, and pray that there's no permanent damage. If there is permanent damage, you might be able to underclock it slightly to get it stable. Uh, and that's that's your second step is see if you can drop it 100 megahertz and see if it's still stable enough. Uh, and if so, you might have gotten a, a pretty good deal. So, uh, yeah, the repad should hopefully solve any memory overheating, Rev says. I, I agree. Uh, I uh, Yeah, uh, it, if it is a memory overheating issue, which oftentimes that's what artifacting is, is, is memory getting corrupted as it's trying to be accessed and uh, the GPU just not knowing what to do with it. So try that. If that doesn't work, oven bake the GPU. You can oven bake it. You can, you know, put it in an oven at 175 for an hour. Uh, the thing is you don't want to, you need to know how to oven bake a card because if you do it too hot or too long or you're not, it's not properly supported or anything like that, uh, you can completely destroy the card or drop chips and capacitors off of it. Um, if You don't want to burn your cookie. Right. You don't want to burn it. Uh, you don't want to drop parts off of it. You don't want to... I even don't like using my oven for it. Like, I want... 
I want a dedicated piece of equipment if I'm going to reflow something because I don't want lead solder melting in my oven where I just cooked a pizza. Like, mm, <laughs> that's, that's, that's asking for problems. <laughs> so... Yep. yep. And the other uh, super chat was from our, well, one of the favorites, uh, Big Big Spoon. Spoon. Hi. Hi, buddy. $5, he says. Hi. What's up? Yep. He just had uh, uh, a, a Jack Daniel challenge I, I saw with uh, another <laughs> famous YouTuber. He did. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure he outdrank him, too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did. As someone who has also had drinks with Jason, uh, it's not a, it's not yeah, a difficult it's, task. it's not an accomplishment. <laughs> uh, not oven food dehydrator. I've never tried a food dehydrator, but I don't see why that wouldn't work. An uh, easy bake oven. Actually, uh, go to Goodwill and find yourself uh, a toaster oven for like 10 bucks. Because they're temperature controllable. You can usually set them as low as 150. And, uh, yeah. Not a bad way to go. That's what I like doing is is used uh, toaster ovens. Uh, hi, folks. Do y'all plan on doing any networking videos? Networking as far as what? Uh, uh, I still have to go through and teach people. Like I've, I've had a list of network videos that I wanted to get to for a long, long time. Like, how do you crimp a Cat6 cable? Like, simple stuff. Like, th those have been ideas floating around for a while. And I probably should just sit down and do it. But I hate crimping I, well, cables as much as anyone else does. Well, what, what you need to do is you need to film them and keep them in your back pocket. And then, like, there, there are those weeks of, like, oh, it's slow mm -hmm. or something bad happens, mm -hmm. you know, with the video. Okay, boom, here's the release. Yeah. You, you need like four or five of those yeah. in your back pocket. And like on a holiday weekend or sometime you're going to be like, I'm going on vacation. Well, I need to take an extra day to recover from that. I should probably crimp some cables or, or yeah. this is how you set up a, a router to with all your family and everything at your basic home networking. You know, six minute video. Yeah. Which is really four hours of shooting. <laughs> Like my videos are seven and it's like an hour and a half of shooting and, and <laughs> three hours of editing. Boy, how'd you get that lucky? I know. Oh, yes. yeah. Because I don't edit that. I just like, scrap, 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 scrap. Well, I don't even edit mine anymore. <laughs> yeah, can I just, can, can uh, I just send stuff to Rhett now? Uh, if you want to pay for it. No, 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 no. Like, I'll farm that out. I've, I'm all right with you paying part of his salary. No, no, no. I just, I figured... Craft computing was, editing service? That sounds like a... I, I figured it was just a perk as being a, a co-host, is that we got all access to the stuff that you had. Boy, did you read that contract wrong. <laughs> read? Read? I just signed. It's like, yeah. <laughs> every term's in agreement. It's like, yeah, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to be the next uh, Sentai pad. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I had to look up, uh, I have a video coming out shortly, uh, another video on the Tesla K80, 
And so I wanted to share a link on here to anyone who may want to buy one. Uh, so hold on, let me find how many have sold through my links. There's been a lot. Uh, uh, yeah, so I'm doing some more testing with the Tesla K80, which is a dual GPU solution with uh, 12 gigs of VRAM per GPU, 24 gigs total. Um, and in the previous video, I said I can't partition this GPU. I can't get it to run in a virtual machine. I All you can do is run it locally, and you can only run one GPU. I solved all that. So. <laughs> yeah. So if you want a good GPU, let me go ahead and uh, share that link really quick. Um, Slice, hold on. It's in here somewhere. There it is, K80. All right. Yeah, I literally got this working today. Uh, how was the K80 average in Unigen Heaven? 120, 150? Uh, it was closer to about 95 to 100 uh, at 1080p, high settings, and moderate tessellation, which is equivalent to like 1080 medium. Uh, 1080 high in, in a lot of games. Um, but with 12, 12 gigs of VRAM, you've got a lot of room on some titles to crank up some textures and, and lower your, your tessellation and overall resolution. And you'll be sitting pretty, pretty well with that. Um, anyway, you can get those, those Tesla K80s, which is dual GPUs, which means if you stick it into a Proxmox server, uh, you can get two GPUs out of that, uh, for 170 bucks. Uh, and their GTX, I want to say probably 970, 780, somewhere right around there as far as overall performance goes, but with 12 gigs of VRAM each, 24 gigs total on the card. Uh, and uh, now in Proxmox, I can't partition them, but in Hyper-V with GPU-P, can uh and that also applies to the m40 i i fixed partitioning for headless gpus so that video is coming out hopefully like this weekend like maybe as soon as friday because i'm going to try to film it tomorrow but lots of cool stuff going on here at craft computing labs <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, well, speaking of cool stuff and inter interesting uh, innovations, Blue Moon has been in the news. Yeah. With uh, something new. Now, Blue Moon, for both of us, uh, early, early on in our beer drinking days, mm -hmm. and for many, many of people, have been, well, kind of a gateway beer. Yeah. Into the craft world. In fact, you, Jeff, even uh, cloned a cocktail on my show. I, I did. A long time ago. You remember that? Oh, <laughs> wow. my gosh. The video quality of that is horrible. Uh, shot on a Canon 60D. It was better than my first videos, so yeah, I'll give you that. I think it's like out of focus. I was like, hey, check out this. 
I'm gonna like bend the the uh, the the camera over. Production quality has gone up significantly since that time. Yes. Oh my gosh. I know. I really some of my higher view videos. I'm like, oh, I really want to reshoot these. These are horrible. <laughs> but I'll never get the views back. But so Blue Moon again. It's probably the most well-known um, Belgian white beer. And actually, I did a, a video with Steve, again, back to Horrible Quality. And audio, if anyone follows Jeff on Twitter, um, there was some bad audio quality. And we compared Blue Moon, which I believe is probably the most recognizable uh, as a white wheat beer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're a Belgian white. Belgian, Belgian white. white. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, the most common. You always see them served with a orange slice or traditionally if you go over there it it has very coriander aromatic mm-hmm. meat so um well hazy beers are as you probably know if you're anything on a fan of this channel or of beer are just taking over have taken over mm-hmm. the beer world and blue moon has jumped in on that trend and they are going to be nationwide releasing a blue moon hazy moon they're hazy IPA. Uh, so I don't know how much of a hazy IPA this is going to be. It's only <laughs> clocking in at 5.7%. I mean, it's bigger than all the other Blue Moon beers. That is true. That is true. Um, I am I am curious. I will try it. I, I will probably end up doing a review on it, honestly. But uh, honestly, I'm interested. Oh, yeah, the the weird part is it states it has juicy. Now, hazy beers have a lot of big tropical aromas, and orange is one of them. And yeah. Blue Moon is known to have that orange zest, right? Uh, so they have aromas of orange, tropical, and coconut, which is kind of interesting. I would love to kind of see that um, in it, but we'll. Well, I, I'm betting that's a push. I'm betting that's more of a publicity person sitting there, right? Oh, there. What tropical flavors can I write in this, yeah. uh, you know, beer when really it's, it's probably just like citra and mosaic. What do the craft people want? Yeah, you know. So, but hey, that's cool. Uh, they're expanding. I, I I like how they said award winning. It's like, but it's just been first it's released. not out yet. I think Blue Moon, <laughs> the brewery, is award winning. And just the way they phrase things is like, wait, wait, wait a second there. What are you, um, yeah. PETA? <laughs> so this is supposed to be launched nationwide, uh, I believe, actually, now. I think it just came out August 30th. So, yeah. yes, or two days ago. Yeah, Monday. Um, so, yeah, you can find that, and you are maybe on a budget. You know, for all we know, this could actually be pretty cheap, Blue Moon. Mm-hmm. Heck, if it is decent, I'll try it. And if it's good, mm-hmm. it's good. I'll give it an honest review. But yeah, so even the big major molten cores, you know, Blue Moon people, they're going with the haze freight. Yep. It's hitting everywhere. So, yeah. Interesting stuff. But yeah, Blue Moon, I mean, I think, what wasn't that your gateway craft, craft beer? Uh, it was it was one of them, definitely. Uh, yeah. So uh, mine was Deschutes uh, Black Butte Porter mm-hmm. was the one that like really got me started. Yeah. Uh, Blue Moon was one of the was one of the twelve packs that I picked out when I was like, um, I never had the the college drunk days outside of like a couple experiences with liquor. Like 
Like I had a couple of days with Black Velvet. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had some Monarch 151. And from like those couple of moments on, it's been like mid shelf and up. Uh and yeah. and never beer. Uh, never, never a Bud Light, never a Coors Light, never a, a Miller, never a, like, I have never, ever, ever liked the smell of domestic beer. No, uh, it, it does have a, a unique pungent aroma. Yes. <laughs> and, and the only time I ever smelled it was when it was stale or, or when I was at in-laws house and the house smelled of cigarettes and domestic beer. And and it was like that's as most most of the beers right. So I find that cigarette butt in it right exactly. And and so it's like I never liked the smell. There was nothing ever attractive about it. Um, and so I was just not a beer person until I was probably like twenty five. And uh, twenty five, I I started going. You know, beer has to be good somewhere, just not these. And yeah. so so I started like looking around, you know, the local Safeway and things like that and going, what's different? What's what's not, you know, what's America's best lager? Because yeah, apparently what, what lager are, sucks. What are what haven't I seen on TV NASCAR or the Super Bowl? Right. Okay, let's go buy those beers. Right. And and so it's like, you know, oh German style, you know, Belgian white. That sounds different. Right. It's not sounds different. Right. So I yeah, I remember picking up Blue Moon. I remember picking up uh, Black Butte Porter um i i was a couple of years later to ipas uh but yeah. but yeah uh dark beers like right away like stouts like stouts. well i mean i think I, I think stouts are a lot of people's gateway into <laughs> um craft beer mm -hmm. just from the chocolatey note it's completely different than your standard pilsner's lagers that are what the hipster or domestic beers you know that we drink that a lot of people drink um so it's just 180 so you're already sitting there if it's dark you're like wow this is just different i'm, yeah. I'm cool and we're not talking guinness dark guinness basically just tastes like water um but yeah it i remember though it was i had blue boar by henry weinhardt's yeah. uh uh it was uh yeah henry weinhardt's hef was was one of my others yeah uh it was hefa as uh, they call it well that's Woodmere. Or Widmere, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Wid Widmere, but it was it was Henry Weinhardt's uh, Blue Boar, Widmere's Hefe, or Hef as everyone calls it. Yeah, it's Hef. Um, with American <laughs> Hef, whatever. The other one with American the American Hefeweizen. You can't even say it right. I know, it's, it's so horrible. Blue Moon, and yeah. then, yeah, so, uh, usually like a, it was actually Mirror Pond. It was New Belgium's Mirror Pond. Oh, yeah. Sale. Yeah. Uh, and Fat Tire. Fat tire. Uh, I, was, I never did the fat tire, and and in fact, I was late onto the rogue bandwagon as well. As far as like Dead Guy Ale and all those yeah. kinds of things. Yeah, well, it, like, it, it was Steve who introduced me to Dead Guy Ale and Stone IPA, uh, and I I distinctly remember drinking them and being like, these taste so horrible, they have to be good. Mm -hmm. Like this is what the cool people drink. You know, like. If you've ever had straight espresso for the first time, you're like, <laughs> right. but it's so popular. I, I got to keep trying it. Yeah. And then it just, it grows on you. Yeah. I mean, okay. Great example. Great example. Andy from E-Technic. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. How many, how many times 
throughout this show <laughs> have we made fun of him and on social media twitter we've talked about beer stuff you've even experienced with him firsthand yeah. uh, i've been drinking big, with andy many a times yeah big stella guys like oh i i don't like bitter beers i and, i met andy with a stella in his hand yeah that that's so, how i first met andy in person so so <laughs> through i i want i want to give credit to, to you and me to you and me i think we drove andy man you know what i know i'm gonna have third credit claw you me yes. and our awesome yeah. moderator claw who's also a moderator for andy pretty much pushed him into drinking ipas and now Andy has stated he is purposely seeking IPAs out because he wants that flavor. Yeah. And yeah, all of a sudden is... he's had some of this bold flavor and he goes, yeah. I find myself wanting it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's kind of the idea I had when I had those, the stone IPA and the arrogant bastard. It was like, yeah, these are so bad. Oh, Ar arrogant bastard trying. was one that took me like three or four beers to go. Like, yeah. I guess or, I get it. <laughs> or, or and dead guy and and dead guy. Yeah. But it was like always like I have to have. I still don't like dead guy that much. It's okay. It's okay. I it's not it's one a, that. Yeah. It, you know, for the longest time, I thought it was a strong ale, but it's a Mybach actually. It's yeah. Technically classified as a Mybach. Yeah. So. But but yeah, it was one of those. I have to. It's so intriguing. It's like it's so bad. But I gotta keep drinking it because everyone else is drinking it. It's gotta be something good. And then right. you drink it so much, and then you go back to what you had, and you're like, "This is so flavorless. This is lackluster." Uh -huh. And then you go, then you've had your horrible old beer, and then you go back to what you thought was disgusting. And you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm oh, picking out oh, I kind of get all it these now. notes. Right. I kind of get it now. Right. I'm getting these complex notes." Mm -hmm. Just like with scotches and bourbons and everything like that. You're yeah. like, oh, this is too peaty. I'll never drink this again. You have, you're on your fourth bottle and you're like, oh, I find nuances. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's like that. So, but Blue well, Moon, well, in your fourth bottle, yeah, you're, you're bound to find something. I'm not talking like fourth <laughs> bottle of the night. I mean, yeah. Because as you're down By the it, fourth bottle, it's like, this is the most wonderful <laughs> thing ever. Yeah. I get it. I yeah. get why people drink scotch. I totally get this. That ABV stuff really is good stuff. No. Um, uh, Novella wants to know if I like the barrel age dead guy. I actually did like the dead and debtor uh, is, is what they call it. The dead and debtor mm -hmm. ale, which is barrel aged in their, their rogue whiskey. Uh, yeah. And that is pretty darn solid. Um, and, and like John said, it's classified as a Mybach. You don't get a lot of barrel aged Mybachs. And it was, no. it was definitely interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, and, it's a Halloween themed beer that's not pumpkin. What's not to love there? There's there's that too. So yeah, it's got that skeleton all the time. So but right. I guess my thought was Blue Moon is a lot of people's early on safe craft beer. Yep. And IPA has a big stink behind it. Yeah. Maybe this with the haze craze, which is meant to be a little bit juicier and less of that grassy you note, know, this might bring mm -hmm. even more people in. Mm -hmm. So if you don't like IPAs, but you do like Blue Moon, and you do trust them, and you want something a little bit different. This might be actually up your alley, right? So, yeah, I'm I'm even a little bit excited for this one. Like, I I kind of want to try what a large commercial brand does with a hazy IPA. Yeah, and I think this actually might, to my knowledge, offhand right now, 
from my memory, might be the largest distributed hazy IPA. I'm pretty sure it is. Like, yeah. Again, this is Molson Coors. Yeah. Mol Mol Molson Coors. However you say it. Isn't, no, isn't, isn't Blue Moon InBev? No, I believe it's Molson Coors. I thought it was InBev. We're both clicking the link. Blue Moon. Molson Coors. Molson Coors. Okay. I could have sworn they were InBev. I could have sworn. Does it, does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, so this might technically be the most distributed hazy IPA. I, and I'd love to uh, see no, I'm the thinking, classification. I'm thinking 10 barrel. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd love to see the classification of, like, how hazy it is. I'm betting similar to the stout, uh, you know, light review. <laughs> like, it's going to be a hazy. hazy. I'm like, I, I can see through this. Yeah. like, no, that's, that's not a hazy. Yeah. You know, it's going to be, they're going to filter their hazy. <laughs> yeah. Definitely curious. All right, we do have a couple more super chats. Uh, Mo Zamboni, uh, five dollars again. Thank you again, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, Mo Zamboni is due to my late father's disinterest with the game catchphrase. Mozambique was the word, and uh, and said close enough, and threw uh, and threw it to my mom. LOL. So said Mo Zamboni instead of Mozambique. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> close enough. I get the points. Damn it. <laughs> That's awesome. And Big Big Spoon, $5 again. 101 watching, only 39 likes. Tough crowd. I, I agree. Uh, yeah, we're up to 51 now. So, so But hit that like. Yo. Seriously. What smash the heck, it. people? That's what the YouTubers say. Smash that like button. Yeah. yeah. Hit that like button. Smash it if that's what you need to do. And, and I will see you in the next video. <laughs> that that's my I mean, peter mckinnon <laughs> i was gonna say like some of those uh, i mean yeah and i'm not making fun of peter mckinnon i love his energy god i love peter's energy <laughs> well it's enough coke you can have it too but i was <laughs> saying you could have it. i'm not saying that's what it is <laughs> uh, <sighs> but uh you know what speaking when i was talking about bourbons and scotches and, and and trying to enjoy that um there you know are some clear spirits out there that um vodka to be one of them um this is a bad segue so i was gonna I'm say gin yeah you know this is a bad segue but uh speaking of there are some here, that i like here here we go speaking of domestics and going into an area there you that go. is not usually where they should be that is not usually yeah. tread by these companies yes exactly uh natty light you heard me right natty light natty light is making vodka now <laughs> uh and the worst part is it's only 30 percent so yeah uh, they're coming out yeah i know it's, it's malt liquor let's be true it's malt liquor uh, um they're coming out with, uh, I believe, three flavors. Let me see, where was it? It's a, yeah, three flavors of vodka lemonade, strawberry lemonade, and black cherry lemonade. So obviously there is a theme of lemonade. Right. But here, here's the Over one. Over under, how awful are these going to be? Oh, oh, horrible, horrible, horrible. However, however, there are two catches to this, and that might make me buy it. Yeah. One, 
they're they're supposed to be ranging in this between nine ninety nine and thirteen dollars. That that's is a, that's a, that's not a good thing. That's below Smirnoff flavored vodka pricing. That yes, starts at thirteen and goes to twenty. But here's another thing. Here's a, here's the big caveat. They are so sure you're going to love it. They guarantee a full refund if you don't like it. They, if you submit your receipt and state that you don't like it, they will refund your money. They will refund your $13, up to $13. So that's how sure <laughs> that uh, their, their product will not be really worth it. Mo Zamboni says, Boone's Farm is officially on notice. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, sir. An educated man right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, bravo. Um, and uh, GI wants to know, hang on, wait a second. Isn't, uh, is that legally vodka? Still, yes, because yeah. some spirits are very, very strict in their definition of what the spirit is. Um, let's take the definition of bourbon in the United States. Bourbon is is a distilled spirit that must be aged in new American oak charred barrels for a minimum of three years to be considered a bourbon. And it must, the final version must be 80 proof or higher. That is 40.0% ABV or higher. Um, and there's some other, and bourbon also implies that it's a 51% or higher corn, corn mash. Yeah. Uh, whereas a rye is a 51% or higher rye mash and American whiskey can be a blend of, of various grains. Um, but it is very regimented, very specific on what those terms are. Vodka means a distilled spirit. Yep. Rum means distilled sugar. There, there's like no specification for rum or vodka on where they're made, what they're made from, how old they're aged, what what's what else is in them. If they cut, if they're cut with anything, are they put in a barrel? Are they not put in a barrel? Are there's no specification for any of those spirits? Oh yeah, um, I mean, whiskey's got that light of a. I mean, even whiskey has a standard, but Paps really blew that away. Their standard is. Just age it in a barrel. Right. A Whis- barrel. Whiskey is not that much removed from vodka. Uh, yeah. I mean, almost every spirit starts as vodka. And then depending on what you do with it, it turns it into other spirits. Now, yeah. you can have a, a corn mash vodka that's 51% corn that you put in a barrel for three years in New American charred oak. And all of a sudden it becomes a bourbon. But before that, it's a vodka. But if it's barrel aged for two years... Now it's a whiskey. Hmm. Uh, do you think? Do you think they would have been better off calling this moonshine? No, I don't. Because the flavored moonshine industry has been booming. It has been, um, but I don't think the vodka industry, as far as the let's just say the lemonade target market, has ever gone away. That's true, but it's so saturated. It is so saturated. I mean, you already, like you said, the Smirnoff, uh, the... Smirnoff's already got that thing cornered. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's like one or two other brands that have it, and I'm, I don't never buy it, so yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Absolute has, that's like the 
high end. Even theirs is like thirty five percent. So, um, yeah, Smirnoff is always. I, I would just be curious if trying to take a different route, uh, but. Like a natty is not necessarily known for being craft. I also found this very funny that they like, hey, we just took eight beers that are really old from our lineup, and you know Molson Coors or whoever owns Natty Light got rid of them. Now let's add some vodka to our portfolio. Yeah, <laughs> we just got rid of thirteen core beers that people used to love. One was a Natty Light, by the way. Right. Um, I think it, was, it wasn't the holiday one. I think it was their second holiday one, but apparently it's good enough to base a vodka off of. Yeah. Probably just distilled that down. Yep. But no, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of debate about what is, what is a whiskey right now. I gave the definition for a bourbon and a bourbon alone. And then there's yeah. also rye, which is the same as bourbon, but it's 51% rye as the mash bill. There's also just whiskey in the Americas, which has no age requirement other than it is barrel aged um, and no specific mash requirement other than it is uh, done with a mix of barley, wheat, or rye or or corn. Yeah, Um, but there's no percentage. There's no percentage difference in in that. So so in in America, we we technically have three types of whiskey. We, We produce bourbon, we produce rye, we produce American whiskey. And bourbon and rye are very specific as far as 51% or higher of the grain bill of either corn or rye and three years minimum in new new charred American oak. Uh, That's the minimum requirements. Um, It can be aged longer, but it can't be aged shorter. Um, And then there's straight and then there's there's other specifications, but... um, Yeah, blended. You can do blended and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but... But as far as American whiskey, all it means is that it contains either wheat, barley, rye, or corn, or a mash mix of of two or more of those, or even just one of those. Aged in a barrel. And it was aged in a barrel at some point. Yeah. That's it. If you would like me to pull out some whiskey as classified, that, yeah, I I pulled it back, but it's eight seconds aged. Yep. It is clear as vodka. So uh, it's not good. <laughs> it is Paps vodka, or Paps, I said vodka, but uh, whiskey. Um, yeah, it is their claim to fame is eight seconds aged in mm-hmm. charred oak. Um, I think that actually might be the only thing. It's uh, uh, multiple grain mash and yep. charred oak. Yep. It doesn't even have to be new. Is it new charred oak? I don't think it has to be new charred oak. It just has to be has aged to... in oak or in, yeah. eight, aged well. in barrels. I right. think Asian barrel. I think it has to be charred barrel, though. Uh, yes. Yeah, it yeah. does have to be so, charred. Yeah. Barrels. yeah, yeah, charred barrel. But it can be repurposed charred barrel. And the funny thing is that uh, American whiskeys have to be, as as far as bourbon and rye goes, has to be new American oak charred barrels. Um, Scotch has to be aged in used barrels. So oftentimes, what happens is. Whiskey manufacturers will produce whiskey in the Americas. They will age them in brand new American oak barrels. They will then sell those barrels to scotch manufacturers who will then age their scotch in the, in now used barrels uh, for, you know, 6, 12, 18 years. 
And then those barrels get sold on down the line to whoever else wants them, whether it's cognac, whether it, they come back to America to be aged in scotch barrels, whether it's or beer barrels, um, beer barrels yeah. or whatever. So, yeah, the barrels literally travel all over the world because the Americas can only use them once to produce bourbon and rye. Yeah, no, actually, there is a huge history of, like, barrel tracing of, like, you know, there's even there's even a big market of, like, I want an individual marked barrel because a lot of these yeah. barrels are individually marked and serial number mm -hmm. so you can go and find a barrel mm -hmm. and, and do it um i believe actually a very famous story comes from it was either russian river or someone else but they had an original like johnny walker or elijah craig barrel yeah like like <laughs> one of the a, an original original one they've yeah. been using forever and <laughs> they had no idea how they got it yeah and they were aging beer in it for, for a year or two. And then they ended up giving it back to them because it was like, you know, an, like a barrel from the early 1800s. The, yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Like, you know, double digit barrel. Yeah. They're like, how did we get this barrel? 73. Yeah. Just random chance yeah. type of a thing. Um, there, it, but yeah, there's just some interesting, cool stories. But then unfortunately, when you find that stuff, they'll, it may not be good, but they'll charge you for it. Right. You know, and it's like, oh, this is totally not worth the $500 I paid for this scotch. Uh, is that why cognac is so expensive? That can be why cognac is so expensive. Cognac is just overaged brandy. Uh, so oftentimes if you see cognac on a recipe, you can swap it out for a pretty inexpensive brandy and you're good to go. Uh, in yeah. fact, uh, uh, Corbel, Cobel, what is the, hold on. Yeah, Corbel. Uh, they make, they make a pretty good, uh, set of brandy starts at like 12 bucks. And in fact, you can get a seven year aged brandy for, I think 17. So yeah, Corbell is, is my brandy slash cognac of choice because I'm not spending $40 on a bottle of cognac. Yeah. I'm sure it's good. I'm sure there's a cognac aficionado in the audience who just unsubscribed. Oh, you know, actually, I've actually had a, a, a cognac or a beer aged in cognac barrel. Uh -huh. and it's, it's fantastic it's really right good. up there yeah. with with a burn because that sweet mm -hmm. caramely uh molasses flavor you'll get is just fantastic especially yeah. with a, it was a it was a belgian strong ale aged in cognac barrels it was fantastic Ooh, that sounds wonderful it, it was and i paid a premium for it um but yeah so that that right there is all of the news. Yep. Uh, hey, you know what? We got to, we made it pretty far. We did. With what we had. I like it. I'll go with it. Yeah. Uh, this is still incredibly light bodied. And I'm making sure to tell myself to sip it because I could just like gulp this. I could totally just like slam this beer. Like I'm feeling this and I'm not enjoying it. Like, it's a good beer, but I'm just not like, yeah, uh, it's too and, much. And, and it's, I have to say, sugar. I have to say, while this is good, it's not nearly as good as I wanted it to be. It may, you know, there was a forum I was on. We were talking about aging beer mm -hmm. and how the guy asked, it's his first time aging a beer and should he age it or not? Yeah. 
because he aged a beer for one year and he thought it was fantastic. So then he asked the question, how long? Yeah. And it is true that aging beer. The answer is, is great question. <laughs> that's exactly true. Yes, exactly. The problem is you have no idea how that beer was stored before you bought it. Right. You have no idea what went on. And then after that, are you properly storing it yourself? Um, unlike wine, beer is not supposed to be uh, shelled sideways. It's yep. actually supposed to be standing up vertically. Yep. I mean, it's okay to do it for the first year or so, but you if there's any active yeast or anything like that sideways, you're just causing more yeast and more um, surface area for that yeast to touch and everything. Yep. And it's just going to contaminate it differently. And then there's temperature control. Yep. Um, you want it to be either, if you have room in your fridge, great, put it in your fridge. But if you don't, you're looking for like basement cooling, yeah, you know, you're, you're your your looking house. for subterranean. You, you want 65 is yeah. what you want for aging beer, which, which for aging beer, for most people, they don't have room in their fridges to hold something for five years. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've had that beer for two years, <laughs> well, but then, but then, well, that's the thing though. So yeah. you've had it for two years. Yeah. How was it stored before you bought it? That's a great question because it's I bought, in, I bought it off the shelf somewhere. Probably um, in someone's back room at yeah. room temperature, yeah. going through the season yeah. in unconditioned, you know, yeah. it, it went to 70, then 80 in that room. Then they dropped it down to 60, yeah. and, you know, um, that that's different. So unfortunately, if you don't buy it fresh and then you don't age it yourself, if you're buying a cellared beer already cellared, uh, that's mm -hmm. going to be tough. It's a 50, 50. It might be more of a collector's item just to say, Hey, I have this old of a beer. Right. Um, we have, we have a, a number of beer stores that John and I frequent pretty often, pretty regularly. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a couple that I will buy cellared beers from, and there's a couple that I absolutely will not. <laughs> I know the marketplace. Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> uh, the one that's closest to me, I will not buy cellared beer from. Uh, there, there's one up in Portland that, that I will, there's, there's another one down in Corvallis that I will. And then there's a bunch in between that. No. Nope. Yeah. It, it, you know, if you're, if you're just out and be like, I want to have a really old beer yeah. and you're a new beer drink. Sure. Go have that experience. It's a fun time. Yeah. It may be bad. You're might feel bad about spending that large amount of money because you're going to be paying that little bit of a premium. Yep. And if it's cheap and cellared, it's probably not going to be a good beer. Right. Anyways. Right. Um, if you are actually a beer drinker, you might want to ask, how was this stored? I mean, if it was just, if it's a 2016, 17 and was sitting out on an open shelf. Yeah. Chances are it probably wasn't stored properly. Right. Yeah. And and that's my 2016. I bought it, I want to say in 2019. I'm, I'm, yeah. Might have even been early 2019. Because um, I was moving the latter, the latter half of 2019 and I wasn't buying a lot of spirits then. Yeah. Um, so, but I had this before I moved the first time. Uh, so Ooh. I've had it a while now. It was yeah. as long as I've had it, it's been either in pretty temperature controlled, like high of 70, uh, or it's That's been fun. in my fridge for the, for the last yeah. two years, it's been in my fridge. Um, and so it's like, yeah, it's, I stored it right, but that's only half of its lifetime. I bought it off a shelf 
that long ago. So. Exactly, and that's that's there's that issue. So yeah, um, yeah, a little words of the wise. So it, it, yeah, so yeah, now I've that's that's the thing though. Um, I, my beer fridge has gotten so full. Uh, I do still collect stuff like that. Like I have a Firestone Walker. I think it's anniversary, like maybe nine or ten. That's really old. But I know it probably wasn't stored because I did it through through a beer trade. Yeah. So I already know it went through the mail. Yeah. Which three or four days. It's more of just I have something this old. Yeah. It's a cool collector's item. Yeah. Novella Hub wants to know how many beers in your fridge are actually collector's items. Right now, well, that was the story I was going to get to. Yeah. Probably like forty percent. Yeah. And and I will still probably drink them, but those type of beers I still say for like Jeff Rett or someone like yeah. people, my friends come over. I'm not going to drink. I will never drink one of those by myself. Yeah. Uh, unless I have a duplicate, because then I will. Right. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what I am. If, if I if I see a rare beer on a shelf or, or in a fridge or um, there's a couple places locally that I can get properly cellared beers uh, and the, they'll do, you know, Twitter releases and things like that. Like, hey, we're, we're getting rid of we're a case of this. this. Yeah. Right. And uh, John will text me and I'm like, yeah, I already saw it. I'll get you a bottle. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they have done that multiple times multiple times um but uh, to you. yeah yeah um but yeah uh so at, at those times from those trusted places i will buy multiple bottles of collector's beers that are multiple years aged and uh and then it's like i can have one of those on the show because i feel like i'm drinking that collectively uh but yeah. it's not something i'm going to open just on like a thursday night for myself Oh gosh, no! Yeah. No, no. And I, I, I and the, you know what's so weird is now. Well, that was the problem. Is I I have now gotten to my shelf of there's my collectibles and then there's my shareables. Yeah, that's a whole different category. Right. And these are the beers that I want people to experience with. Yes. Me. And right. and now I only probably have like a, a rack and a half. Well, actually, I do have a whole shelf of dedicated. If I'm going somewhere, these are the beers I'm bringing, and I don't want to drink them <laughs> because I'm like I'm sick and tired of drinking these. Yeah, it's those jammy sour. I am so tired of drinking jammy sour. I have a jammy sour for you still. <laughs> oh god, I'm so tired of drinking them. I went to a birthday party this week, uh-huh. uh, and they were like, "Hey, don't don't bring presents, just bring bring beer." And I was like, "Okay, great." I brought a four pack of jammy sour. <laughs> yes. I was like, I need to get rid of these. every family event that uh, I have where like it's me, Steve and my nephew, who is the only other beer drinker who's willing to try it is, hey, I brought I brought two jammy sours. Let's drink these. Yeah. And it's just like because I'm done with them. They're just they were cool for their one trick ponies. In, in my opinion, one trick ponies. Yeah. yeah, they were they were they're done. And same, similar with the hazies. We've talked about the acid burn. And once you've had x amount of hazies you've had them all you know um i guess that's kind of why i was interested in blue moon's take on it um and i've always been a very advent person of brew a good clear ipa first and then i'll drink your beers uh harley says that when i open something from the back end of the basement i refer to it as bottle lottery i think i'm gonna steal that (laughs) 
because yeah, I, I have some beers that, that I've saved for multiple years. I have no idea if they're going to be good right now or not. I just have no clue. They well, started as good beers and that's why I bought them and why I wanted to save them. I have. So the interesting thing is I have uh, good beers to give to you. Uh-huh. I then have beers to give to you. Yes. But the problem is I know if I give them to you and I'm not there, you will never drink them. <laughs> You're right. You're right about one thing. <laughs> so... Dear God, I hope 2022 is better. Oh, and you're too. gonna be you're gonna be drinking some really old domestic beer. So I bought this at the tail end of 2019 and I wanted oh, you to try God, it. Yeah. And, and uh, Do you remember I 2000 Do you remember 2019 and how naive we were at the problems that we had? Oh gosh. Oh <laughs> GPU prices are so oh, high. Man. Oh this sucks, man. I had to pay top. full MSRP for a 2070. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Oh, $1,100 for a GP. What? Oh. <laughs> I still have, by the way, four loco for you. So it, it, it's, uh, I got them all. I got it all. I, in fact, I kind of think I have more of those taking up shelf space of just Stuff for you are, are these like the 14 percenter four locos yeah okay, okay. The, the hard seltzer 14 oh okay four. you got some of those yeah oh yeah i mean it's like look i i know you're not gonna drink all of it but i need you to have a drink of it, it i'll have a worth, drink of it it is worth the 299 <laughs> uh, of it <laughs> that I spent for it, fourteen percent and two ninety nine. Can you believe that? You still have to drink the distilled MD twenty twenty. Oh, it's I'm surprised death. that hasn't eaten through the bottle yet. It's vodka. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. What do you think was better, the Natty Light vodka or this? You know what? Give me a strawberry lemonade natty light and we'll compare. Oh, that would be that would be fun because that smells like fruit loop. It doesn't taste like it, but it smells like it. <laughs> oh, pray for me. <laughs> so so I, I I can't wait for uh we'll see each other again soon. And I'm I'm I've I've I have saved everything, Jeff. Mm-hmm. I have saved it all, and mm-hmm. it's just constantly growing. I do have, like I said, I do have some good stuff. I, 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 I have, have some, some good really, stuff for you too, John. I have some Firestone Walker boxed beer for you. Mm. Um, cocktail based. You still have a beer of mine that I, I do. We were supposed to do a video of. Yep. Two years like ago. Two years ago, yeah. Man. Right. Oh god. Remember 2019 and all those problems that we thought were the worst things ever? Oh man. Man, we just can't find time Naive, to get together yo. to drink this beer. We're always like, ah oh, Damn, we'll, we'll drink it next week. It's fine. We'll drink yeah. it next time. Man, if we only knew, yeah, we'd have been safe all of 2019. Yep. Um <laughs> Well, so. Steve and I certainly uh, got that all out of our yes, system. Yes, I know. Anyway. Unfortunately, yeah, you get thing. A lot of happens when you guys were neighbors. <laughs> that was so much fun. Uh, yeah. 
Um, do you still have a couple Mother of All Storms for me? I do. Yeah. I do have, again, I've been saving good. I do have good stuff for you. I, I, I will say, uh, John, Beer Santa will probably make be making a run around your neighborhood sometime this week. Oh, all right. Well, because we uh, got a prep for episode 200 next week. And yeah, uh, again, sad note, it, unfortunately, things just happened. Yeah. But um, we're going to make the best of it. And I promise next week is going to be an awesome, awesome show. Yes. Um, all four of us are going to be on there. I mean, when all four of us are on, it's always a great show. It's usually a good show. Uh, we are going to have matching beers, and a couple of them are double digits at that. So and and uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Very good time. Yep. Uh, uh, Novella Hub. Uh, speaking of, thank you very much for providing said beers for our episode two hundred. Uh, he sent us a three pack for each of us, and that's what we're going to be drinking on the show. So we will all be opening the same beer just from different places. Yeah. So Uh, I've also got some hop slams. Uh, I don't think I have any hop slam for you. I think that was for, for Steve and Rhett. Uh, I've had it before. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I've got a pair of those for each of them. Um, I do have a couple of beers that were specifically for you though. So (laughs) both to review and otherwise. God, if they're just not pickle, please. They're not pickle. Well, one. So you're not getting um, out of it that easy. No, I'm not. Unfortunately, I I did a bad thing. Is is I did trade for very very interesting pickle beer. It was I I I okay. Here here's the premise. You gave here's someone the... else beer for a pickle beer, John. Hang on, hang on. No 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 no. I'm gonna no 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 no. I'm going to shoot you this premise. Bourbon and pickle. I'm bourbon and pickle. Okay, okay. Um, I've never heard of that. uh, I have heard of that. In fact, uh, you can can order at a good number of bars, at least good bars, uh, a shot of Irish whiskey and a pickle back. That's totally a thing. No. That is totally a thing. No. It no, should no, not no. be a thing. No. In my opinion. Uh, but you can order a shot of Irish whiskey and a pickle back. Yeah, that's Irish whiskey, not bourbon. Bourbon's right. sweeter. Right. No. Uh, Although yeah. I, I would be curious, is it a dill pickle or is it a sweet pickle? Uh, I believe. Because then it's. Mm. yeah i don't so, care but, what it is but anyway honestly. so that's 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 one of the i i have that coming in hopefully uh the guy actually said he's he's shipping it friday okay so uh very very interesting you're lucky i'm not giving you one of those i although i would never drink it i do did buy the standard pickle beer that i hated rebought them just so you could have one can. You have to have one. You, you can't force me to. You have to have one. You, you can't. Video, I will. No. <laughs> you can't do it. Oh, I can't. I will not. I <laughs> I put it's, my foot down about very few things. Jeff, it's craft beer and your craft computing. That's right. 
I can also draw the line because I have 235,000 subscribers who will listen to me about my educated opinions and on then, And then they're going to sit there and be like, well, why won't Jeff try this? Is he afraid? Why, why will he not give us our opinion? We, um, judge, we judge Jeff's taste and beer opinion. So, so in my household, um, my wife and both of my kids love pickles. Um the problem comes in that they can't open the pickle jar when there's a new pickle jar in the house. And they will always ask me if I will open the pickles for them. And I always say I have a moral obligation to refuse. <laughs> it's one way to always get your wife to appreciate you is buy her new pickle jar and go away for the weekend. Right. right. <laughs> she can't open it. Yeah. Uh, but I... I am beyond not being able to stand pickles. It, it is like an involuntary gag reflex. So I... I gagged on it too. John, I understand that. <laughs> I flat out refuse. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, you have to have at least a can in your fridge. It'll sit there forever. Great. It'll outlive me. It'll it'll be the oldest aged canned beer you have. Oh God! I purposely bought it. I bought four. Raid Shadow Legends ad for pickle beer. Uh, if John pays me as much as Raid Shadow Legends has offered me, I'll open the pickle beer. <laughs> I didn't say I'd drink it. I said I would open it. You know what? Even if you open it and smelled it, you you were repulsed because. Okay, so the difference between this pickle beer and normal pickle beers is normal beers that claim to be pickle are cucumber, dill, and salt-based. Right. So it's almost the beer... Now, what's is funny more, is I don't mind cucumbers at all. I have another sour for you, then. Uh, like, I, I've done cucumber sodas and cucumber sours. I've done... So I, how about, how uh, one about, of my favorite summer cocktails is a Gordon's Cup, which is sliced cucumbers and lime with gin. I have a, a cucumber, lime, and sea salt. See? I'm on board. Just don't that, pickle that shit. It's not pickled. <laughs> it tastes like it, but it's not. Um, I, I even dumped it. That's how much it tasted like pickle. Wow. I dumped it. Wow. I don't dump beers. I dumped that one. I've only seven... ever dumped a couple. And I've dumped... John, you and I dumped I... one on the show early on. Yes, I think I can count as you many and I as dumped I can on, on, on one hand. Yeah. no, and, and, that and be, That's still one of them. And, and that's about me, too. Like, yeah. like, I've only dumped maybe four, maybe five, ever. Uh, but yeah, this one's a 7% sour. With sea salt, lime, and pickle, or yeah. not pickle, but but cucumber. Take that. Like oh, okay, because they claim it to be. They call it office or uh, um, not. I think it's like office water or psychiatrist office water. You know, you get that cucumber and water yeah. with lime or lemon, which I enjoy. It's very light, very crisp, very easy to drink, very summery. <laughs> it intrigued me. Scott says, just just thinking of Portlandia at this point. Put a pickle on it. Oh, that's exactly. <laughs> So yeah. the difference, though, is with that, if you ever go on my channel and look up worst beer I've ever had, is the title. Mm -hmm. it, that pickle beer is not, it, it, it's not, um, you know, 
uh, dill and cucumber. Yeah. It is a 50-50 mix. It's more of a cocktail. Yeah. It's half goze, half pickle juice. They just straight up dumped pickle juice in a chaser of a of a goze, yeah. a salted beer. So it's extra salty pickle juice. <laughs> That's all it is. Even Steve, who loves pickles, was like, yeah, this is a bit much. Yeah. He's like, oh, this is good, but uh, I only want like a single sip. <laughs> It's nasty, but this is the same company who's doing the bourbon and pickle one. So I, I found someone to give me that one. Yeah. So that'll be uh, that'll be an interesting. Hoping uh, the video will come out soon, or you know, Jeff, you're a bourbon aficionado. You'd love to do it. I will save it. Let it age for a year, and we can do it together. No. Uh, I will. I will look at that video vertically, and it'll be a yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay um hey jeff in english please yeah no <laughs> curious did you get to watch we talked about the start of um lower star Ducks. trek lower yeah. Ducks. did you get to watch the last two episodes I, the tom paris episode i, I did to be not. more specific i haven't yet it's it's on my list i have been so oh. busy this last couple of weeks i know i know um, well that's why we need beer right now yeah uh yeah, I meant to get to him. I just, I just didn't. And uh, uh, I did see the Star Trek Prodigy trailer. I saw that as well. I am intrigued by that. Yeah, I do. I do like the graphics. I know early on we talked about that of mm-hmm. uh, being because it's a Nickelodeon back Star Trek. Yes, and being a little bit too kitty, kind of more um, Clone Wars. We were kind of thinking. Yeah, but I, I'm not necessarily I, opposed to, no, to that either. But, but I liked the. Gra- oh, I was talking like graphic. Oh, graphically, yeah. I I do like the high end. Gra- I think they put a lot of budget into the graphics yeah. of this. Yeah. Um, and the from mine. This is not Paw Patrol. <laughs> no, yeah, this is like Paw Patrol the movie graphic. Right. Right. Uh, it looks pretty good. I think it is Nickelodeon. It's going to be streaming on Nickelodeon, but I think it's a collaboration between Nickelodeon and Paramount. Yeah. Um, so there is a little bit more money than their standard show. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the trailer, it to me, the premise came off as it's in a bit of more of a distant future. Mm-hmm. And there's an experimental ship called the prodigy yes and so it's not necessarily these gifted kids being trained by janeway which was again the original theme was like a oh, prodigy okay these are right um you know best of the best of right type thing right so um so janeway who was admiral janeway it may be her pet project that that right. actually could be right. a kind of a cool concept but we also know chakotay is will be on prodigy make, right uh, will be on prodigy we know captain tom paris, uh could be check captain we know tom paris did make an appearance on a lower deck mm-hmm. this past episode so maybe they're getting a lot of the voyager crew you know i i'd love to see some ds9 characters i would too. a couple of these. i i um yeah ds9 has been strangely absent from both picard lower decks and and now prodigy I Where... think they mentioned DS9 because no, no, uh, okay, you you haven't watched it, yeah. But um, the the main character in Lower Decks, the girl. Oh, oh, uh, Mariner. 
Mariner. Mariner said uh, her first post was DS9. Okay. But that's it. It was like a quick yeah, and done. One and done, right. One and done. Hey, uh, my, my first thing was like, you never told me that. Well, I've talked to you a lot about this stuff. Yeah. And that was it. Okay. And so, but no character, no Quartz Bar, no, right. you know, yeah, that, Captain Cisco. Yeah, the, there's been, I mean, I mean, obviously there, there's been even references to Enterprise and whatnot with, with Riker getting off the holodeck and things like that. Uh, there's been some references to Voyager. There's been, but DS9 has been strangely absent from a lot of the, the internal references made by all the new shows. Yeah. It bumps me out a little I, bit. <laughs> it, well, they were kind of the dark stepchild and then Enterprise came in and that was really bad, but, um, I don't know. Enterprise is okay. Yeah. Um, it, it's way better than the first two seasons of Discovery. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> third season of Discovery is not not horrible. It it it's actually I recommend I recommend third season of Discovery or yeah. uh, that one. But um, yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more DS love, DS nine yep. love. But yeah, no, the Prodigy one obviously is a bit more family friendly. Mm-hmm. These. Uh, refugee kids find this abandoned spaceship, which was probably, from the sounds of it, looks like a um, project spaceship, you know, prototype. And Janeway is this holographic um, director or trainer, maybe. Yeah. Um, maybe similar to the Doctor mm-hmm. in Voyager. So maybe there might be Please some. Please state the I'd nature lo- of the coffee emergency. I, I would I would love to see yeah some some jokes <laughs> of her being like I can't believe my legacy is now I'm a hologram or yeah. something like that you know um, something to that reference. I'm an admiral, or, not a doctor. Yeah, something like, you know <laughs> something along that line that would be some some really funny stuff. Um, there was uh, I don't know if you got to, did you see a trailer? There was a, a brief trailer or teaser trailer. For a Voyager documentary, did you mm-hmm. see that? Um, which was a, again a very, very teaser esque, but yeah. similar to I'm thinking they're trying to do something very similar to the uh, what we left behind yeah. DS9, which was uh, phenomenal. I loved it. I yeah. liked it a lot. Um, if you are a Star Trek fan, DS9, it, it's required it, watching. It is a required watch. I mean, uh, DS9 is probably their second favorite one, like most people, most sane people, anyways. And it's it's a good it's a good watch. I can mute you at any moment. <laughs> yeah, that means you're just muting the truth. Some would call <laughs> it censoring. Some would. Call it... <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'm just trying to fill time right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No. Uh. I I do hope DS9 gets a little bit more love in in both current seasons of Lower Decks as well as I'd love to see some more references or maybe the occasional voice actor drop in kind of thing. Yeah. Because we, we've seen that from a couple other things. I mean, obviously we have Riker and Troy. I, I'd love to see... Obviously we'd love to see Captain Worf in... in oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, technically I guess there has been love because of the whole Seven of Nine with Picard. That wasn't DS9. That was not oh, D- that's that was right. Voyager. That's Voyager. Yeah, Voyager. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's there's been no talk of no... Jem Hadar or Changelings or uh well I guess we did have Wolf 359 was an inside job. Yeah, which uh, that was great, but <laughs> Yeah, Changelings aren't real and blah blah blah. But yeah, so so there was that drop. I, which 
I really appreciated. No, no. So I will state though the I think it's the third episode. I think you'll love the Easter eggs in it because yeah. it is full of them. Is essentially they have to go. The premise, which you can go read on IMDb, so I'm not spoiling anything, yeah. is they have to go uh, categorize a dead collectors. So like the guy that carried data. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Collectors. Yeah. Okay. And and so they have to categorize all of their his stuff. I guess uh, uh, the mask from masks is every everything <laughs> in the background. There's like yeah. rooms upon rooms, and and yeah. there was a whole Twitter feed of just hey, how many things can you name that was on here? And, you know, right. like 36 to, <laughs> right. to 70 different things of the background of here is every single reference to everything. And so yeah. it was, you do have to know actually some pretty obscure, like it goes even to the uh, Star Trek original cartoon series. Mm-hmm. So there's some there's some good stuff that I even have like, well, I don't remember that. Yeah. What, what is that reference? And and actually, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, there was a a very brief ref, a couple brief references to DS9 on Star Trek Picard. Um, so first and foremost, we had uh, Quarks was a bar sign oh, when they yep, were visiting yep. the casino planet. Yeah, uh, I remember that. And there was the USS Nog. I don't remember that. Yes. So that was uh, no, that sorry, that wasn't Picard. That was Star Trek Online. USS Nog got a got an official starship. Okay. Because um, I remember. Or no, it, it might have been Picard. It might have been something. I I don't remember, but I I know there's a USS Nog now as as no. a, a tip of the hat tip to. The hat, uh, yeah. I forget the actor's name. But. Yes. But yeah, well, that was the whole um, left behind. Um, mm-hmm they talked you through they're like hey how would we how do we do one last episode and nog was captain of the defiant yep and then the unfortunately he died yeah within the first you know two minutes of the episode yeah um but the defiant died so but Uh, also an homage yeah uh this was so i'm looking it up here now oh no this was in discovery Yes. Discovery. Yeah, USS Nog was a 32nd century Federation starship, an Eisenberg class named after the actor. Yeah, so they, that was probably season three when they yeah. did all the uh, cool yeah. stuff. Because they, they also did like a Voyager G, something like that in there yeah. too. Uh, again, as far as Discovery, skip one and two. Two has like two good episodes in it. Yeah. But three is really kind of back to a lot of good star trek stuff uh because i really like the idea of they like the federation lost their way yeah they lost the power yeah and and you have an original members a whole crew members saying like no this is how starfleet was and we stood for this and they kind of rejuvenate that it is a little bit of a feel-good-esque thing in Star Trek, but, you know, it's kind of nice. I mean, that's what Star Trek kind of did. It's feel-good about society and the future that we are all going to potentially pass down to our kids. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if we do continue in this way, it's like our technology, our way of living, is we have the capability of being better. I've always loved that about 
Star Trek versus, say, the Star Wars community. Star Trek has always said, we in the future will be better. Right. Um, technically, I guess Star Wars is in the distant past. Yeah. <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah, a long far time away. ago. Yeah. Far away. So, whatever. That's why Star Trek is better. That's right. Because <laughs> we're better. Well, we're better. That's right. All right. We are better, and I think that's a great place to end it. This has been episode 199 of Talking Heads. Make sure to tune in next week for episode 200, where oh, John, do, Rhett, Steve, do. and I will all be here. Not here, but on screen on the, at the very On least. your computer screen. Right. Uh, coming to or you TV. live through the interwebs, uh, through the webernets, as it were. Uh, drinking the same beers. Uh, I will be making sure of that. Uh, for episode 200, uh, I have no idea what we're going to talk about yet, but it's always a fun time when, uh, we get all four of us together. Yeah. All four of us drinking beer is, um, well, that's an entertainment show in general, right? Whether we're together or not, honestly, we still have a lot of the same chemistry stuff going on. Yeah. It's it's sad. Yeah. Anyway, it's great. it's great to watch. If you liked this video, make sure to hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to Hops and Brews if you haven't done so already and you like the beer or liquor content on this channel. Uh, John does a lot of that and more over on his side of things. He also drinks crap like pickled beer and paps, not whiskey. And I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. I just have to do it to get yes, someone of the views. I am. I'm very You're proud totally of proud of it. Totally is. That's why you do it. If you want to pick up your own official craft computing merch like this fancy glass uh, 16-ounce pint, now available on craftcomputing.store, and you will be supporting the channel at the same time. Uh, We've also got some sweet-looking shirts over there, Uh, bottle openers and hoodies and all kinds of good stuff. All kinds of good stuff. Go check that out. Uh, John, any... uh, no, I think I think I just want everyone to come in. Make sure to join next week. Well, it's all going to be a great time. Two hundred episodes, nothing to scoff about. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's not. And it's great. We've all enjoyed doing this through all the weirdness that we've had to gone through. And honestly, I don't thank our wives. I'm so happy our wives let us do this. I know, right? <laughs> They're crazy. Um. There, I'll, I'll leave you guys with this. There, there's a great story I heard one time, or a great anecdote that I heard one time, and it was, uh, how do you start a YouTube channel? Uh, and the answer was a good idea and $20,000. Because no one ever thinks of the cost involved, let alone the time involved, of producing decent content on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Because, it, yes, gear doesn't matter because anyone can grab a cell phone and hey guys today i'm gonna take apart this card and we're gonna talk about some stuff i don't know it's a whole nother level to produce good watchable content uh and it takes equipment and it takes investment and it takes hundreds of hours of time away from your family um and Right, and the 1% get to do it as a career eventually. Uh, and cool. 
like yep i'm thrilled i get to spend time at home every day now like like that is absolutely living the dream but yeah so thank you all thank you for supporting the channel john yep. thanks for putting up with me oh it's it's trust me it's uh <laughs> you are giving me a break so i i it's a reason to buy beer jeff you've That's given right. me uh well, i almost coming up on four years of reasons to buy beer it's right <laughs> That's right. Uh, have I been doing this four years now? Actually, no. I just passed four years back in July. Has it been? Yeah, July tenth. Uh, well, well. How long have we been doing talking heads though? Uh, I'm not talking. I'm not talking episode one because there was like a six month hiatus. Not, that. not quite. It was. Uh, I want to say November first. Uh, but I'll I'll have to look up episode two. In fact, let me do that so right now. Let me do we that. Might, we might have to do something special for that for too. four year. Yeah. Uh, let me let me look up episode one of Talking Heads. Because that, if no one knows, I was at my bar. Uh, I had a bar back then. Episode one was August 8th. Episode two was October 18th. So October 18th is our official launch date. Okay, because so, that was when we yeah. really kept going. That, that was when that was when we're going we're doing this every week, right? Yeah. Uh, so there was only six weeks or uh, eight weeks in between. So it wasn't two months. Horrible. Yeah. So um basically uh, enough time for me to close the bar <laughs> right right close the bar and get to my house yeah yeah well it was it was uh, jeff i'm john i, I want to start a youtube channel all right cool you can do it upstairs six weeks later hey jeff i i have to sell the bar right <laughs> i'm sorry man i have to sell uh, the bar and the new owner is not going to honor our lease agreement yeah uh sorry man i said yep. Yeah, that or I go bankrupt. I, I don't know if your YouTube channel is going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> so, love you. But, uh, well, now I could have carried you. So, I know it would have been great. Yeah. Well, maybe not through now. <laughs> yeah. Now is not a good time. Yeah. <laughs> now is not a, a good time to be a bar. Uh, I'm surprised the one around the ones around me have survived, even. Uh, I think it's loyal customers like us. Yeah uh and yep. because my place shut down yep because we wouldn't be drinking there <laughs> right that's exactly right so oh yeah all right thank you Good all listen. so much for joining us on episode 199 as always we will see you right here on wednesday every wednesday at 8 p.m pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news especially next week for episode 200 be there thank you all we'll see you next week see you guys Can't find the button. There it is. <laughs> All right.